grateful because if it had not been for you, we would not be here. We opened our eyes this morning, God, because you gave us the strength to open our eyes. We were able to rise because you gave us strength in our limbs and the facilities of our body. We were able to get here, God, because you blessed us and brought us the way of safety and did not allow harm to come to us, Lord. We're grateful to again come into your presence because we know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we come before you today, have your way, Lord. Let flesh be crucified, that you might be glorified, that your people might be edified in the name of Jesus. For God in you is life. And that's what we seek, God, life. Eternal life, God. We pray, O oh God, today that you will touch every person that have come seeking you, Lord. Bind the hand of the devil, God. Rebuke the hand of the enemy, Lord. God, let your anointing that resonates in this place even now. God, let there be an outpouring on your people. We need you, God, to take us to another level in you, Lord. God, we're faced with demonic forces, God. Evil spirits have come up against us, Lord, and we need to be fortified with your power. God, we can't make it on our own strength, God. We don't have enough to stand on, Lord, but we know, God, that your joy is our strength. Fill us up on today in the name of Jesus. Somebody have come this morning burdened down, God, with the issues of life, God. Somebody, God, is in the battle of their life. Somebody's, God, fighting in their mind and in their spirit, Lord, where the devil have come in to war against them, Lord. But we thank you, God, because we know greater are you that's within us than he that is within this world, God. We know, God, that you are a deliverer, Lord, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you're no short of your promise, Lord. And you're able to deliver us, Lord. Touch us on today, Lord. We need you like never before. Fill us up with the Holy Ghost, God. And give us a refilling, Lord. But when we leave here today, Lord, we can leave with your anointing, Lord. That as we meet men and women, boys and girls, they might be converted to know who you are, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. We thank you because you are a healer. You're the God that healeth thee. And healing is in your wings. And you're able to touch our feeble bodies. You're able to save our troubled souls. And in the name of Jesus, bind every demon, Lord. Every demonic force, Lord. God that comes to keep us in the same place, Lord. We're willing, God, to surrender and say yes to your will, Lord. We're willing to turn our lives, God, over into your hands, Lord, because we come to the place, God, where we realize like never before, we need you, Jesus. More than anything we know, we need you, Jesus. While men are trying to find, God, solutions to this chaotic world, God, we're looking to you. 
you, Lord, because we know for every right desire, there is an answer. And Jesus, you're that answer. There's no need for us, God, to turn hither or thither, Lord. We need but to look for you, Lord, because you're the answer, God, for our trouble lies, Lord. Touch on the day, God. Break every yoke, oh God. Save on the day, God. Deliver on the day, God. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We're crying out to you, Lord. We know that you're able to save our souls. We know that you're able, God, to heal our bodies, Jesus. We know that you're able, God, to turn our situations around. Jesus, no other help we know. No other help we know. No other help we know, God. You're able, Jesus, to deliver our children. You're able, Jesus, to save the unsaved husband. You're able, Jesus, to heal the cancer patient. Nothing too hard for you, Jesus. No other God we know. We know that you're able, Jesus. We know that you're able, Jesus. We say yes to your will, God. Yes to your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll give your name the praise. And we'll bless you, Lord. Yes, we thank you, Lord. And we bless your holy name. Come on, open your mouth and give the Lord some praise. I was going to El Salvador, and the whole thing of the trip was like, we're going to proclaim freedom, you know, and we're going to do a lot of, like, prophetic ministry and, like, like prayer ministry, and I was so angry. I told God, I said, God, how are you going to have me go on this trip? Because I knew he was calling me to go on that trip, and I was like, how are you going to have me go on this trip and proclaim freedom for people who are living in bondage when I feel like I'm not even living in freedom myself? And he said, Exactly. Excuse me? He's like, exactly. Now you're going to go, and I'm going to do amazing things through you, and you can't take any of the credit. Mm. And I was like, whoa. How long have you been faithfully walking with the Lord? Ooh, faithfully walking. Yeah. That's a loaded term. I would say I took this faith on as my own when I was about 16. Okay. Do you come from a religious background? It depends on what you mean by religious. I didn't grow up in church, but I definitely grew up in a family that knows Jesus. Can you talk a little bit about uh, that experience growing up of hearing about Jesus in your home, but you not necessarily being a part of it? Sure, yeah. So the way my parents spoke about Jesus was like he's just another member of the household. Um, So it was actually kind of funny when I was older and I found out that people didn't believe in Jesus. I was like, you cannot believe in Jesus. my mom would read the Bible to me, and um, we would discuss God. And I remember having this conversation with my mom when I was little, saying, Mom, h- how can I work for God? Do I, have to, do I have to die to work for God? And she was just laughing and was like, no, you don't have to die to work for God. You can work for him right now. Um, and so that, I think that's kind of always been my mentality um, ever since I was little, ironically, just like, how can I serve God? Um, even though when I was younger, I didn't fully understand who he was, but I definitely knew that he was um, a friend. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your life before Jesus and some of the stuff that you went through. Can you just share your testimony with us? Yeah. So that's difficult because I wouldn't necessarily say I had this like come to Jesus moment. 
Uh, a lot of people do, and that's awesome. I just feel like there were just my life just kind of had like ebbed and flowed, um, and Jesus was always there. As I said, I grew up in a believing household, but um, even though we believed in Jesus and knew Jesus, like we doesn't mean that we were perfect. Um, and so I was uh, molested by a relative when I was about four years old, and um, from that point on, ever, like ever since I can remember, I. I struggled with um, masturbation and with uh, same-sex attraction, um, more specifically just thoughts and feelings. Like a common thought that I had when I was little was, uh, man, I should have just been born a boy um, because life would be so much easier. I constantly felt like something was wrong with me. Something was just always off. I just, I, I think I just felt so overwhelmed with shame, even as a little kid, not being able to identify it. Um, but that was that feeling. That driving feeling was that something was wrong with me, and I couldn't exactly pinpoint what. And so that's how I lived my life for a good portion of my life. I never told any family members. I never told anybody um, about it. I just kept it bottled up inside. And um, so that was kind of a good portion of my early childhood. And to top it all off, my family, uh, my parents got divorced when I was nine, and so that brought in just another wave of, man, is it because of me? Could I have done something better? You know? And there were just feelings of feeling abandoned by, by my family, thoughts of, man, I guess they just didn't care enough about me, didn't love me enough to keep it together, you know? And so that, I think, was another big moment in my life. And um, adding on to just, again, that shame, it was just, Shame and then and then anger, um, anger and and doubt honestly about about being loved, and feeling like I couldn't rely on anybody, you know. And if my family lets me down, who can I trust to not leave me and not hurt me? Right. So, um, and then that's kind of how my life was. Just kept living in secret. And then when I was about um, sixteen, I. I ended up opening up to my mom after, it's kind of funny, we had watched these, I think it was like heavens for real, and it was so weird, I really think it was just the Holy Spirit, like right after the movie, there was, nothing in the movie had to do with my specific like struggles, but right after I had this overwhelming, overwhelming feeling of like, you need to tell your mom, you need to tell your mom about what you're going through, mm-hmm. and I couldn't shake it. I was like, please leave me alone. I've been living my life perfectly fine. Um, but I just broke down after that and told my mom, like, hey, when I was younger, so-and-so molested me. And ever since then, you know, I had struggled with masturbation. And and and, and there was a separate conversation. I hadn't confessed everything all in that one um, bout. But, again, we watched another movie. And it was like, <laughs> it's so funny because it was like God's not dead. And um, right after, again, I was like, what's going on? There was, again, that feeling of, hey, you need to tell your mom the whole thing. And so then that's when, uh, so I actually did it in two parts. The first movie, it was, hey, I was molested. The second movie was, hey, and because of that, I have been struggling with with masturbation. Mm. And um, she met me with a ton of grace. And she had always told me since I was little, like, if you ever struggle with anything, like, nothing you say will surprise me. And... She really lived that out, wow. and so I found kind of that that refuge in in her being able to share, and she really taught me kind of the importance of 
like scripture says, um, and you know, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Right. And she was like, and this is a prime example of that, just exposing, shining a light on those areas of hurt and struggle, so yeah. we can we can walk through it. And so she just prayed through it with me, and and walked through it with me, and then eventually I felt comfortable enough to confess, like, hey, also I've struggled with same-sex attraction with these thoughts. I thought she was going to be shocked. You know, I thought she was going to be disappointed. But she wasn't. She she was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, of course the enemy's going to try and, and lie to you that way. You know, of course the enemy's going to try and confuse you as a child. Um, and I really do. I really do think the enemy loves to try and target children to try and derail them from God's purposes for their life. But yeah. he's just not strong enough. So anyway. What did that response uh, do to you because obviously I'm sure you sure. were dealing with a lot of doubt and, and dealing with it on your own so yeah. her responding in that way what what did that do her responding in that way I think really showed me a clear picture of Jesus like she didn't judge me she didn't condemn me she didn't even she wasn't disgusted and that was a big thing I was disgusted with myself I was like I'm a monster you know and the fact that my mom was like, no, you're my daughter, and I love you. What a prime example of just the Christ-like love, you know, that that a person can allow to flow through them. Hmm. How did your um, life develop from there after sharing that? You've kind of let this out. Yeah, so after that, we kind of, I didn't know what to call it at the time, but she and I kind of formed an accountability partnership, and it was kind of awesome, even though it was a little bit embarrassing. Like, no one wants to confess, like, hey, mom, I struggled sexually last night, you know, but she was like, hey, you need to tell me so we can pray about it. Right. She wasn't, she was very serious about that. She was like, you need to tell me, and it'll get less and less, and then, like, God will take the desire away. And I was like, no, I just want to stop now, and she's like, it's just going to take some time because of how many years, you know, this has gone on. Mm. And so from that point forward, I kept confessing to my mom, and she kept praying with me, and the desire just went away, and the urge went away. And for about three years after that, it progressed. And I think I was just, I lived so much lighter. I think I lived just more fully for Christ because I wasn't dealing with all of that on my back, you know, at the same time, kind of feeling like living a double life. Um, And so... That was throughout high school, um, and it was a fun time. And then I went to college when I was 18, and I went to a Bible college, and I, I loved it. But something I hadn't mentioned yet was um, my mom had had a pretty, a pretty traumatic childhood. She had endured a lot of abuse and uh, manipulation from her family. Mm. And because of that, she had a lot of uh, mental health issues. A lot of, she would struggle a lot with believing lies. So she had believed this lie about my dad and that side of the family that they were like these bad people and they were like out to get us and stuff. And so as a little kid, you know, when your mom's telling you things, you're like, okay, you're just a sponge. And so I was like, okay, well, I guess that's true, you know. And so eventually she said, hey, like, I just don't know how beneficial it is for you to be in relationship with him anymore. Hmm. And I was like... I agreed. I was like, yeah, I think you're right. You know, I don't think it's the best thing. And so I ended up making the decision to um, cut off communications with my dad from the time I want to say I was about 13 years old. And so on one end, I am experiencing freedom from from sexual sin and from 
same-sex attraction, but on the other end, I'm hurting because I don't have my father. You know, I God blessed me with a wonderful um, uncle who's like a father figure to me, yeah. um, and with himself as my heavenly father. But I was hurting because I didn't have my my earthly father. And so, when I was about 18, you know, about to start college, my mom still had some undealt with issues that were coming up, and she just wasn't in the healthiest place to be living in the house anymore. And so, my aunt and uncle helped her get a place and get some help and she um was gone from my life and so here I was about to start college with no parents and I experienced depression for the first time in my life I was anxious all the time I could never sleep I, I was like about to be a college freshman and so on one hand I'm like excited for my future and on the other hand I'm like what's happening in my life everything feels like it just fell apart mm. I'm supposed to have my parents with me, you know, I'm supposed to have their support and their presence in this next chapter of my life becoming an adult and that they're just not there. Right. Um, but I do think during that time, God really showed me what it means for him to be our father and more than just a father to be like a dad, you know, someone who's there, someone you can rely on. So even though I was struggling with depression and all of that, you know, he used my aunt and uncle to really just be there for me. And I remember even this one instance, I was worried about money, but I hadn't talked to anybody about it because I had a job beforehand and then um, we had moved to a different city. And so I was about to start school and I didn't have a job. And I was worried about money just to buy like basic necessities. And my uncle came in <laughs> randomly to my room and he was like, hey, I wanted to tell you that God says he's like, he got you, he, he's got you hmm. and he's got you taken care of. And as much as like, I want to say that I've been there for you, it's really him. And I was like, wow, I didn't even, <laughs> I hadn't even prayed about it, honestly. And so there were just moments like those in that, in that period of time prepping for college where God was like, don't worry, it's going to be okay. So I started school. And it was awesome, and I was so excited, and I loved my school. But I still, I think I was in a place where I, I wanted to help people, yeah. but I wasn't there yet to be able to walk through things with people that I wanted to walk through with them with. So I had met some girls, and we ended up, um, I always said I wasn't going to share my testimony with the Lord, and then there was this one time where I was at a worship night, <laughs> and this person gets on the mic, and they were like, I have a feeling there's some people here who are scared to share the testimony. And I was like, oh, no, what's God about to say? And she's like, and God wants to say, like, how dare you withhold healing from somebody? And I was like, whoa, okay, so, God, I'm going to allow myself to be used by you to share, you know, what you've done in my life. And so a few days later, um, some of my friends in my hall, we ended up sharing testimonies. And confessing, like, hey, I struggled with sexual sin since I was little. And then it even came up, like, hey, I've struggled with same-sex attraction, too. And I was like, no way, like, me, too. And that was a really cool time in my life. But I think that I wanted to help my friend with her struggle. I was like, hey, you struggle with same-sex attraction? I've been there. You know, because at that point, I've only been free for like three-ish years, four-ish years, and I didn't have that foundation yet. Right. Um, and so I was trying to like champion her and to be like, hey, you got this, like Jesus can handle it. 
But I think in that, we started spending a lot of time together, and it kind of spiraled out of hand really quickly because I was not guarding myself. Um, and there's a scripture, you know, that talks about, like, being careful, you know, when you're walking with someone. I'm totally paraphrasing, but when you're walking with someone through through a sin, to be careful unless, unless you be tempted also, yeah. you know. And so I think that's exactly the situation I was in. Um, but before that went too deep, um, still in my freshman year, my mom had been kind of doing business with God, as people typically say, and also going to therapy and meeting up with my uncle and, and talking with him through just her childhood. And man, God really freed her of a lot of things, a lot of those lies. And she she came back into my life after about five months or so of just having absolutely no co- communication with her whatsoever. And she ended up telling me, like, hey, all those things that I had said, I I had believed about that side of your family, they were lies, and I'm so sorry, you know. But I really think that you should reach out to your dad. And and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I haven't spoken to my dad in five years. Not a a word, you know, in five years. Not a text, not a hey, like nothing. And you want me to just reach out? Like, how do I even do that? But I did. I reached out, and man, it was it was amazing. I ended up being able to just reconnect with my dad and and find out like I had another sibling, hmm. um, and so I have, I have two half siblings that I get to share my life with, and 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 a wonderful stepmom, you know, and just that whole side of the family. It just was like such a clear picture of of reconciliation and just the joy of getting to experience that. So while I'm you know kind of falling into this this slippery slope at the same time god is doing a lot in my heart with regard to like bringing my family back in my life but i still because it was so fresh i still had deep wounds of man i just feel abandoned mm. you know i just feel unloved and so i think that's what really drove my desire to just be so close to this person and it was like okay i got to help this person walk through this thing and I get a friend. Now you're talking about the the friend that you met yes. in the group. Yes. So the friend that I was wanting to walk through with her struggle with um, same-sex attraction, I we would spend a lot of time together, you know. And I was like, and we lived on the same hall, and so um, I was like, bet this is a perfect opportunity, you know, to show Jesus and have a friend. Because I mean, you go to college and you're out of your family's house, and I was like, man, I miss my family, <laughs> you know, and I just come from that really hard time. And so all of that combined was like, I just want a friend who will be there. But I remember my mom had told me, actually, when she had heard about my friendship, and I said, hey, she also struggles, and, like, I'm going to help her, you know. And my mom was like, hey, be careful. I know, like, you want to help, but be careful because the enemy's sneaky if you're not paying attention, if you're not guarding yourself. And I was like, what? Like, I'm totally fine. Like, Jesus, you know. And um, But she was right. She was right. I totally did not keep my guard up. And I wasn't aware of what was okay and what was not. And so we ended up spending an unnatural amount of time together, enmeshing so much that we became codependent. And she basically became like God to me. I ended up idolizing her our our emotions became enmeshed our 
every everything I wanted to do would be contingent upon what she wanted to do. And so it just became this big, giant mess, honestly. And naturally, because we're spending so much time together and we both struggled with same-sex attraction, it ended up becoming more of a relationship and a really, really toxic relationship at that. And that went on for about a year. Even while I'm in Bible college, you know, surrounded by genuine Christians, I just was so blinded, I think, by just ignorance and my desire to to help. I was blinded by all of those things, and I didn't see how unhealthy it was getting. And it wasn't until some friends tapped us on the shoulder and were like, hey, I see something. Um, And it was out of nowhere. I really, it was just the Holy Spirit told her, hey, pay attention. Pay attention to those two. And she called it like it was. And I was like, oh, my word. I, I am at a loss for words, you know. And so our friends had come alongside us and helped form, again, that accountability that we needed. But still, it was like I wanted to change, but I was almost unwilling to let go of the comfort that I found in her. Mm. And so it was like this weird dualism where I was like, Jesus, I want to serve you. I want to live for you. I was going to church. I was serving in church. But also I would go home and I would do things with her, you know, that shouldn't have been done, you know, and was allowing her to dictate my life, essentially, and was not very nice to her. And so that's how I lived. And it wasn't, I remember even, so I had gone to counseling even. I was trying to get help, but it was it was an addiction. Um, and so I remember my counselor sitting me down one time and it made me so mad because it was true and she said look like and the and she said in the most kindest tone and the gentlest voice like it just doesn't seem like you want to be made well and I was like that's it I want a new counselor like I'm leaving I'm so mad and and it, it was true and that really hit me and I didn't end up switching counselors but that stuck with me and things didn't really start getting better until God forced me to let her go. He basically pried her from my grip because one night I had a sleepover with my friend and we were just spending time together and she was like, Hey, like what's going on in your life? You know? And I don't even know how we got on the topic, but I think again, this was the Holy spirit prompting her to ask questions. And she ended up confessing some of her testimony to me or I guess uh, sharing with me her testimony and confessing things she struggled with. And I was like, oh, no, that same feeling of, like, I need to share right now. And I shared with her that whole year of things that had gone on. And she was like, she sat me down and she looked at me and she said, Hannah, this is serious. This is life or death. And I was like, oh, my gosh, maybe she's right. She's like, you you have to do something. Like, you, I, I had planned on going on a trip with my, my friend to basically like a vacation for summertime and my friend was about to leave the next day actually to go on that vacation and then this friend that had come over um that I was confessing to she said you can't go on that trip you need to tell her that you're not going to go on that trip and I was like no like I'm terrified she's going to be so mad at me you know and as much as I knew I needed to not go on that trip it again it was just that she was my everything. And so I was like, 
I can't possibly let her go, you know? And she was like, no, like, we're going to pray, and you're going to go tomorrow, and you're going to tell her that you're not going to go. And I was like, I knew I needed to do it. And so we prayed for courage and for the words to say and for a good reception. And I went, and we had that discussion, and we were both devastated, but we knew. We knew that God was calling us to put that separation in place, to put that distance and it was hard. Honestly, it was like a breakup because it was essentially like a relationship. And again, I just experienced a lot of depression. And, and the aftermath of all of that was I just, I loathed myself. Honestly, I thought I was, again, that same feeling of like, you are a monster. Who, who would do such a thing? Like, how dare you, you know? And I think I had such high expectations for myself, not realizing like, hey, I'm a faulty human. And so I put myself at this level of superhuman, and when I realized I had fallen into this sexual sin, it didn't just take me back down to human, it took me down to, hey, you are beneath them, like you are beneath every creature, you are this awful being. And so I was also mad at her, I was bitter, I was like, you did this to me, which wasn't true, It it was two parties, but that's how I felt, and I just felt kind of worthless, honestly. And so after I decided not to go on that trip, I I needed to tell my mom that I wasn't going on that trip. And she, of course, would be like, well, why? And so I ended up confessing to her finally after a year of keeping it a secret, like, Mom, my friendship with her was more than a friendship. And here are all the things that we did. And I was just sobbing. And again, she just, like, looked at me and she was like, I'm so sorry that that happened to you you know, and she just showed me, again, this, the love of Jesus, and was like, let's pray, that's always her immediate response, is like, let's pray, and let's talk about it, and let's unpack it, and so we did, and even before then, even in the midst of being sexually active with her, I actually went on a mission trip, I was going to El Salvador, and the whole thing of the trip was like, we're going to proclaim freedom, you know, and we're going to do a lot of like prophetic ministry and like, like prayer ministry. And I was so angry. I told God, I said, God, how are you going to have me go on this trip? Because I knew he was calling me to go on that trip. And I was like, how are you going to have me go on this trip and proclaim freedom for people who are living in bondage when I feel like I'm not even living in freedom myself? And he said, exactly. I was like, excuse me? He's like, exactly. Now you're going to go, and I'm going to do amazing things through you, and you can't take any of the credit. Mm. And I was like, whoa. Okay. Okay, God. Like, I'm going to go, you know? And there was another moment in my life where I felt God, even through all of that, put uh, on my heart just a desire to go into women's ministry. And I don't know what that looks like entirely, but I love just chatting with women and getting to know their story. And so... I was like, another angry moment. I was like, God, how are you going to, like, I feel like I just throw tantrums with God, you know, but he, he's patient. He's like a dad, and he listens. And I was like, God, how are you going to call me into a women's ministry, you know? And, like, again, I just, I feel like a broken woman. And he's like, exactly. Now you can relate, you know? And I don't know why I thought it had to be, like, perfect. I think we typically think that about people in ministry. We think they have to be at this level of perfection and having it all together. But God's like, no, now you're going to get to listen to people's stories and you can't judge. 
he's like, see, easy fix. And I'm like, okay, but I'm going through this right now, you know. And so he really, even even though I was I was actively like sinning, he was using that in a way to humble me and to refine me. Even though I messed up, I got myself into that mess. He's like, okay, I'm going to use it, you know. And then, you know, going back, so that was right in the middle of it. And then going back to when I confessed to my mom, it finally broke, I would say. That's when I truly was able to walk in freedom. It still was hard emotionally. I still was like, well, God, now I have no friends because this was my only friend for a good chunk of college, you know, a, a year of college and and then some. And I was like, I need some friends, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And so I ended up praying for some friends, and God really brought me a a fantastic group of women uh, through the form of a sorority at my school. And at Bible college, they don't have national sororities because it's a private school, so we make up our own. But um, that's a great thing because it can be extremely Christ-centered. And so I found some of my greatest friends through that sorority. He was just highlighting, like, here are the people that you can go to, that you can be friends with. And, like, man, I'd say, like, being able to just be myself and, and have a true friendship was was everything, you know, for me. How would you say God began to redeem all that time, too, right? Dealing with sexual brokenness mm. from a young age, mm-hmm. dealing it with in, in college. You know, we know God as, as a redeemer, right? And a lot yeah. of the times um, we may just see him as a this this person who's just taken everything away from us, everything that we love and yeah. everything that feels good to us, right? right? How did he redeem you from your sexual brokenness? I think God redeemed me from my sexual addiction and my struggle with sexual sin by showing me, number one, it's so common. That's, I think, the number one lie of the enemy is you're the only one who struggles with this, you weirdo. And God was very quickly like, no, that's a lie. And secondly, using my vulnerability to allow other people to open up. Because after I had you know, walked through that time for a little bit. I'd been walking freedom for a little bit from all of that. There were opportunities to share with people. At every single time I did, they would say, wow, thank you so much for sharing. I struggled too, you know, or God has brought me from that too. And we were able to fellowship over that. Mm. Um, so I think he's redeemed it in the sense of he doesn't, you know, I think there's a common saying that's like God doesn't waste pain. And I I think that's so true. And I think that's how he redeems is even when we mess up, even when I drive myself into the deepest pit, he helps us up. And not only does he help us up, he doesn't, he, he uses, I think, our greatest weakness to be our greatest strength in the form of a story. Um, And so, yeah, I think he, he uses it to glorify himself, number one, and to impact the lives of others that I share with. Yeah. Talk to us really quick about your your marriage and sure. how did that come about and how did that impact your life as, obviously, again, dealing with sexual brokenness and now yeah. meeting this new person. Can you just talk to us about that experience and what God began to teach you through that relationship? Yeah, so ironically, I met Isaiah. So we had met in high school, but we reconnected um, kind of on the tail end of me still 
dealing with that anger and that bitterness toward my uh, friend that I was in that toxic relationship with. Um, and I feel like typically when you think of relationships, you think, oh, wait till you're completely, you know, healed. And I, I mean, I do agree with like, wait until God has established that healing. But this happened out of nowhere. And so ironically, my friend, um, she started dating somebody and I was so angry. This was the, the girl that you had a relationship yes, with? Yes, the girl I had a relationship with. She started dating um, somebody and I was so mad. And at that point we were still, um, we still had a friendship, like we still would spend some time together. And so she would be texting all the time and I would just get so irritated and I would get onto her and be like, why are you doing this? You know, and get mad. Yeah. But then once I started, um, I randomly reconnected with Isaiah and I was doing the same thing. And so it was almost like God was like, be quiet, you know, like leave her alone. Like you need to let her go, you know, and, and focus on what I have for you here. And so God brought Isaiah in my life at a time that I think was so necessary and showed, used Isaiah to show me throughout our dating relationship um, and now continuing on into our marriage, like how, I think number one, the value of men, because I think I just, because of my experiences with men being molested and, and, and experiencing divorce, I had kind of a growing hatred toward men um, by the time I was in high school. I just thought they were unreliable um, and incompetent and annoying. And I mean, high school boys maybe are kind of annoying. But I discounted men as a whole. And so I think God has, has and is still using Isaiah to show me the value of men and, and how men get to image God in such a beautiful way. But also, he's showing me a man who truly loves me, and I can, I can trust his motives. He's not out to get me. And now in marriage, showing me the beauty in um, getting to be one together um, and, and redeeming the times when I, I misused sex. Um, I used it for my own gain. I used it to hurt others, and others used it to hurt me. He's showing me how beautiful it can be in marriage. Um, and he, he really uses Isaiah and, and my marriage with Isaiah to bring up still some hurt um, from, from the divorce and um, feeling abandoned still even um, and reminding me, like, number one, you're my daughter. You know, God says, number one, you're my daughter. And I'm never leaving you. And I've never left you. Mm-hmm. And number two, this man is really for you. You can trust him. And, and Isaiah's been so patient and so kind to walk through that with me and to remind me, hey, like, you know that I love you, right? You know, when I maybe am doubting his intention. It's like, I'm all for you. I'm on your team. And so, yeah, I just think it's amazing the fact that God is so, like, he knows exactly what we need. He knows how we need to be spoken to. He knows exactly who needs to be in our lives at the right times and I'm just so grateful that he's given me a husband who number one didn't run away from me when he heard all of that right but ran ran toward me and was like I want to love you even even though you know even through all of this he's given me a man who is dedicated to seeking God and and walking through that with me still yeah Hannah how has Jesus impacted your life up to date 
I wouldn't be who I am without Jesus. I mean, he's destroyed lives that held me in bondage and family members in bondage for a long time. Um, so he's my, he's, he's truth, you know. He is my, my healer. He is my friend who's never left me, but also my father, you know, who's never left me. He's like the thread that holds my life together. So I wouldn't be who I am without Jesus, and I wouldn't be able to live life every day without Jesus sustaining me. Mm-hmm. To anybody who's watching your testimony and is potentially going through the same things that you are going through or know someone who is going through similar experiences that you have shared today, mm-hmm. uh, can you just speak to them, give them a word of encouragement, word of advice? What, what can you say to them? If you were sexually abused, if you were, if you're feeling abandoned because of divorce or some circumstances where your parents can't be around, I want to say it's not your fault. Um, that's something that really impacted me is when I finally heard somebody say, it's not your fault. You shouldn't have gone through that. You know, that person should not have hurt you in that way. You don't have to put the blame and the pressure on yourself. And to the person who's struggling with same-sex attraction, I want to say, number one, you're not alone. Number two, God is not afraid. You know, and all of that, and, and, and all of the struggles that I've shared, God is not afraid of our mistakes. And he can handle it. He is more than able. Uh, the Bible says that he can do exceedingly, exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or imagine, and that is true. And to the person also who is struggling with same-sex attraction, you don't have to allow your feelings to dictate your life. I think about if I would have listened to that voice, if I would have listened to that lie of, well, maybe you should have been born a boy. Maybe you just really want to be a boy. I would not be who I am today. I would not have this wonderful husband who I get to serve Jesus with. I would not get to share that with people, you know. Um, I would be a lot different. My life would look a lot different, and I don't think I would be as free as I am today if I had allowed that lie to, to define me. And so I would say just pay attention to your thoughts. Stay on guard and, and allow Allow the Holy Spirit to to lead you. And when he speaks through people, like he spoke through my mom, listen, because you'll save yourself a good deal of trouble <laughs> if you just listen to the Lord, um, which I'm always learning. So that's what I... Amen. <clears throat> Amen. The name of this was How I Overcame Same-Sex Attraction. And this was her testimony. And there are many who have uh, great testimonies. And um, one lady wrote um, in her particular comment, uh, she said that, oh, wait a minute, is this the right one? Well, hold on, let me see. She said, former lesbians, mere trans here. Jesus is delivering many of us from this broken demonic identity. So God is yet moving for his people. He's uh, moving for those who want to be changed. 
And change is a very important thing in our daily walk with God, you know, our Christian lives. And um, he's, he's able to do anything. Whatever we need, God is able to supply it. Uh, deliverance, he's able to deliver us, but we got to want it. I heard her say, watching her thoughts, uh, guarding her heart, in other words, because we, you have to guard your heart because if not, a lot of things you'll end up doing that you don't want to do. Um, a lot of things you'll find yourself into that you shouldn't be into and you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Because in this life, he blessed us to have choices, but he wants us to make good choices, the right choices. Godly choices, things that would please him, uh, things that he can accept. And the reason he wants us to grow in him and change in him is because it's good. He's a holy God. He's a righteous God. He's not for any ugly thing, even ill things. That's not God. He's not for that. Yeah, he said he wished that we would prosper and be in Good health, in other words, even as our soul prospers. So as we grow in him, things should change. Uh, I know for myself, when I truly came to the Lord, I fully changed completely. Not everything overnight, but as I continued to study his word, as I continued to pray the prayer of faith, as I continued to guard my heart and watch my thoughts, my whole life changed. Things I never thought I could have, I began to have those things. Things that I thought I could not ever stop doing, I was able to stop doing those things. Today we're going to be talking about back to the basics. When I was living this unsaved life, this sinful life, I never thought I could sleep in a bed all night long and just sleep without a man. I would tell myself, nobody does this. Never thinking about single men, single women. I, I never thought about that. I, I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking everybody got a partner somewhere. You know, they, you, you may not live together, but everybody got somebody, a go-to person for sex, a go-to person to hold you during the night to sleep. That, that, that was my mentality to a certain degree. And God come in and he showed me, you don't need that. Don't let fornication be once named among you. There was a time when I thought flirting was okay. Oh, it's okay to flirt. But God come in and showed me, no, it's not okay to flirt. What's your purpose? Because see, you're putting things on others' minds. The man may not have been paying you any attention, but because of your flirtation, now something is on his mind. And it could be with you. And if it's not with you, when he leaves the area where y'all are, you may have never said nothing to each other, never touched each other. But when he left there, the thought of of evil was on his mind. So he, he, he could have gone out and fornicated. He could have gone out and committed adultery, you see, because you flirted with him. So he, he showed me a lot of things and taught me, quite a few things that I had to hold on to. I couldn't learn and let go. I had to hold on to it, keep remembering it, put it into practice. Oh, it, it was some work. But when I tell you it was worth it, 
For if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Yes, yes, yes. But are we growing in Christ? Are we really growing in Jesus? Or have we just accept him and expecting him to do everything and, oh, well, this is life? No, it's not. He teaches us to put on the whole arm of God that we'll be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Not only that, but you'll be able to bring your own flesh under subjection. Because many times these thoughts and these lustful spirits, we battle. And sometimes we stand strong and win. They go away, but they're coming back. See, because they know you had to battle. And anybody fight long enough, they'll get tired. And sometimes they give in. So these spirits keep coming back to battle to see if they're going to win. So what I do is I keep battling. I keep putting on that whole armor that I can stand even against the wiles of my own flesh. And that way I'm not caught up into fornication. I'm not caught up into adultery. You know, I'm not caught up into things I shouldn't be. Yeah. Because I tell you, uh, the world teaches this. You need a man for every day. That's seven men. Who needs seven men in the run of a week? Come on now. That is not God. That's the devil. And if your flesh agree, he'll come in and give you seven men in the run of a week. And you got to try to please all seven of these men. And what it is, it's, it's just a mess, like she said. Yeah, and then it's going to begin to make you feel horrible and make you feel like the bad person. Something is wrong with me. But you've accepted it, and yet something is wrong with you. You sin sick, and you need to be delivered. Yeah, because they, they'll teach you, you need a man to pay your rent or your mortgage. You need a man to pay your electric and your gas, your phone bill. Uh, you need a man to uh, uh, make sure that your car have its oil changed, and if anything happened to your car, the car can be repaired. Uh, you need another man who will cook for you and, and uh, um, massage your feet and, uh, you know, comb your hair, paint your nails. <laughs> then you need that main man who will come in anytime you want him to come. He'll stop everything just to come to see about you. And it's seven men and there are two more that they say you'll need, but you don't. You don't need seven men. You need one man, one man that God sends your way. If God didn't send him, you won't have all that you need. But if God sent him, he's going to take care of every need of the woman that a man is supposed to take care of. And some things women are looking for the man to take care of, he can't. Only God can. And how you will find that out is you ask God to deliver you from everything that's not him. Lord, everything that's not of you, deliver me. I want to be delivered. I want to be set free of anything that you're not pleased with. Anything that I'm doing that I know is not right before you, I want to be delivered from it. Show me me so that I even know what to ask you for. Because I don't want to be asking amiss. I don't want to be asking for things that, you, that you're not going to do because it's against yourself. It's against God. 
but help me, Lord, to walk upright before you. I heard her say she had the friend, and uh, her and the friend became close. And But what happened is they both needed to be delivered. She had a problem with the same sex. The other one had a problem with the same sex. Why would you come together and become good friends? No, something would transpire because the flesh is weak, but the spirit is indeed willing. And sometimes you're not always walking in the spirit. And at those times, that's when the flesh wear up and the enemy come and support it. So you find yourself in a place where you really didn't want to be, but you really want it to be, if you can understand what I'm saying. Apostle Paul said he, he found this out. See, I love Paul. He taught me much. He said the things he wanted to do, he was finding himself not doing those things he wanted to do. And the things that he didn't want to do, he found himself doing it. He said, but he found out what the problem was. It was sin that dwells therein, sin that was in him. So we have to pray this stuff out of us. We have to make a choice. Everything with God, you, you got to have a well-made-up mind. Because I've learned, I've gone to him and asked for things. And he gave it to me. When I got it, I didn't want it. But that's what I thought I wanted. But I never had it before, so I didn't know what it would do. But I, it appeared it was something, you know, that would be good with me. And when I got it, it wasn't. I asked the Lord to take it away, and he did, because he knew the very intent of your heart. He knew when I was asking for that, that was something that once I get it, I was going to ask him to remove it. He already knew. But the main factor in everything in your godly walk, in your Christian walk, and your believing walk, and your I want to be totally right 100% with God walk, is to believe and to tell God. We have not because we ask not. We got to ask him for what we want. And what do we want? We want to walk upright before him daily. We want to totally belong to him. We want to do what's totally pleasing and acceptable unto him. Because many come to God and they stop right there. And then they start focusing in their own way, in their own mind. I heard it say the uncle come. Because she was concerned about no money. And he come and he told her God wanted her to know he got her about everything. And he and the aunt had done much for her, but it was never them. It was always God who did it through them for her. But we leave that main factor there out. We leave out the fact that without God, we can do nothing. How can you grow in God without God? You can't. How can you grow in God without applying his word to your everyday life? You can't. So many come to the altar and they say, I do to him. Come into my heart and live forever. Well, it started off with they believe, you know, that Jesus is the son of the true and living God. They repent of their sins. They open their mouth and they confess openly that I'm a sinner. And I realized this. I need you to save me. Come into my heart and live forever. 
and they go to church and they read books and all of this stuff, but they become religious people. I want you to hear me well today. I want you to hear me well because we're going back to the basics. They become religious people, people who think they can control their emotions. They can control their own actions. You can't. Without God, you can do absolutely nothing. So as a newborn Christian, you're on milk. You're on baby formula. You haven't even gotten a a baby cereal for breakfast or baby foods. You know, they got ground meat now. They have vegetables and different things to help the baby to get all the nourishment it needs all the vitamin and nutrients and their minerals and whatever the body needs. So a lot of us been at that baby stage ever since the day we said, I do to God. Ever since we married him, we're still drinking milk on formula. But we must be weaned from the bottle so that we can begin to eat meat potatoes, vegetables, things that will help us grow. We can chew nuts. All of this is important. We can chew chew the green stuff, you know, that give us a lot of good stuff in us. And how do we get to that stage? We got to deny ourselves. We gotta deny our flesh and guard your heart and start thinking better. Because anything good that's happening with you, God did it. And sometimes those those trials, it appears it's the devil, but it's not. God is allowing you to go through a trial because you need to learn something. You need to have some experience because He wants to use you. This woman here, she got a huge experience. She said she started out eventually going to a mom, telling the mom she had been, you know, molested and everything. Uh, then the next stage, you know, she told her mama, you know, how she, you know, had been masturbating. And then eventually she told her mom she had thoughts of same, you know, sex uh, relationships or whatever it was. And the mom never turned away. The mom never fussed at her, made her feel bad. A lot of times, uh, people have encountered bad things. Sometimes it's in the neighborhood of where they grew up or the community. And because we're not that way and we don't understand it, we fear and we condemn it. Right off the bat. We don't get to know nobody, none of that. And we teach our children this. Without using the word hate, we teach our children, hate anything that's different than you. Hate it. Without teaching the word hate. The children just pick up on it and they automatically know. Sometimes they hear your your conversation with other adults about these kind of people and they pick up, the children pick up on that. So they grow up hating anything that's not like them. 
Anybody that's not like them, they hate them because you're not like me. All of this is taught. But we're going back to the scripture that says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. Now, once we truly get God, we teach our children, hey, I used to think this way, and I used to do that that way because I didn't know God. But the reason I'm sitting you down to explain this to you, I was wrong. Parents don't know everything. And I have feelings like everybody else, but even like you have feelings. But sometimes, because of where we come from, we feeling wrong. We got the wrong thought about things. you know. And, and you sit them down with the scriptures and you teach your children. He said, train up a child in the way he should go. When he get old, he won't depart. But if you allow yourself to be changed and allow your children to continue the way that you used to think, they're going to be messed up too. When they grow up, they'll hate people. They'll do things to hurt people. So today we want to change. We really want to be new creatures in Christ Jesus. We want to be sons and daughters of the true and living God, Jehovah, that have all power. We want to be those sons and daughters that know without him, we can do nothing. Yeah. We want to be those sons and daughters that we're doing what pleases him more than anything. We want to be the sons and daughters that doing things that we know God accepts. He accepts praise. He accepts worship. He accepts Bible study. He accepts leading and guiding us in the right path for his name's sake. The things that we know that he can accept. We want to trust him with our whole heart, all our heart. We want to remember him as often as we can throughout today because it will keep our mind on him. He'll keep us in perfect peace. There's some basic things that we've gotten away from. We just moved on. We, we really didn't build a solid foundation. We was too busy putting up the walls of the house. We was too busy building that second floor. We was too building, too busy looking to build a third floor, and we didn't even get the solid foundation in place yet. And sometimes we're looking at what other people are doing and what other people have. And we want that, and so we begin to act like we got it when we didn't finish the foundation. You got to have a foundation with God. It all starts with a well-made-up mind, a well-made-up mind. And then we continue to pour the foundation with God through his word and through prayer. through learning of him, learning of his word, watching how he moves in our lives, because he moves. He's not a dead statue. He's not a, uh-uh. He's alive and well. Back this morning again, his ears are not deaf, and his arms are not too short to reach down. He can fix anything and anybody. I was at the prison yesterday, and one of the uh, young men began to tell me about Unless God draws you, you can't come. Boy, that's my that's my subject right there. Unless he draws you, you cannot come to him. 
But look how many of us he has drawn or how many of us say he has drawn us. We say we saved, but I'm back to religion. I'm back to that. I was talking about religion. And many of us have religion. We don't have a true working relationship live with God. I, I've seen it move hot off the press, bring it to me, hot off the press, direct from heaven. Look like it had just been printed. His word. Fresh. And each time I get in the word, it's fresh. This is why you can read this scripture on Monday, read it again on Thursday, you'll get a whole new revelation of the scripture, of the word of God. <laughs> oh, he's that he's magnificent. He's wonderful. He's very intelligent, very smart. He goes beyond any man thinking. No man can outthink him. Solomon was the, I want to say, the smartest man, the wisest man. But guess where Solomon got his wisdom from? This same God, Jehovah. So we have religion. And we think we can stop us from doing this and stop us from, you can't. You need him. 100% you got to go to him. David said again this morning, I'm going to say this. David said, I cried unto the Lord and he heard my cry. Remember he said this day that worshiped me must worship me in spirit and in truth. When we go to God about anything, it must be in truth. You got to tell him from your heart, not from your lips. Even if it's what you're thinking wrong, you tell him from your heart. Lord, I believe I was headed in the right direction. Oh God, I want to go into the right direction. But every time I start to go in the right direction, I find myself in a place where I really don't want to be, where I really shouldn't be as your representative, as your ambassador, as me saying I'm a Christian. Because I'm doing what Christians shouldn't do. Back again, the things that I want to do, I don't find myself doing them, God. But the things I don't want to do, I find myself doing that. Something is wrong with me. I need deliverance. But I'm going to believe like Apostle Paul. It's sin that's in me. I'm still, I still have some things in me that's not of you. And unless I ask you to remove them, they will remain. I need you to give me a clean heart. Father, I need you to renew your spirit, the right spirit within me. I need you to fix my heart and regulate my mind. Heal my mind. And help me to focus and take my mind and eyes off the things in the world. And put, put it more on you and the things of you so that I can see you more. Because we must make God come alive. Some of us, he's just a God that lives in the sky. And he make it rain and the sun come out and that's all he is to some of us. And when I'm in trouble, you know, I'll go and say this to him or that to him, but that's it. I'm not going to grow every day in him. We must grow every day 
all day, as often during the day as we remember to grow in him. If we'll begin to think like this, we will grow in him. Lord, I got a 15-minute break. And, and, and I'm just going to read one verse of scripture and hold on to that scripture for the day. And Father, I have a lot of time. Uh, it took me five minutes or four minutes to read the scripture, that one scripture and meditate and understand it. But I want to take the rest of this little break. And Father, I want to thank you for allowing me to have a mind to think to get this little bit of your word today and to come to you and talk to you quickly. I thank you that you're never too busy. I thank you that not only you hear what I'm saying, but Father, I believe you're going to answer me by helping me to focus on you, to keep my mind on you. Father, I want to live in peace. I want to live in joy. I want to be happy. No matter what come my way, I want to remember you, and it's you that's the problem solver and not me. Help me to be anxious for nothing. Help me not to worry. Worrying is a sin because if I'm going to give it to you, I got to let it go. Because if you're going to fix it, I got to walk away because I can't. If if I'm going to hold on to it, that means I'm going to work on fixing it, and God, I, I can't do anything with it. If I could, it never would have come my way. See, we got to talk to him. And some days it'll make you cry. Because as you're talking to him, you realize the things that you've done against him. You realize I could have been further along growing in you, Lord, but I made too many pit stops for sin. I made too many pit stops to do wrong against you and my body, my own self. Because even in fornicating, he said, you're not just sinning against him, but you're sinning against your own body. Yeah. And there are many things, and I know people think, oh, the Bible boring. It's boring to you because that's not where you really want to be. You, you don't really want to get right with God. You want to continue with a form of godliness and deny the power thereof. But if you truly want to get right with him, you're going to find out what his word says and how to get right with him through his word. For every word of God is pure. He's a shield unto them that put their trust in him. If we keep his word, he's going to protect us. If we keep his word, he's going to keep us safe. Another thing about that word is sharper than any two-edged sword. It will cut out of us what shouldn't be in us. The word of God will do this. It's done it to me many days. I had a battle with fornication. You don't understand. I had a great battle with that thing. The word is what cut it out. The word is what cut the very desire of fornication, not the desire of love making for a husband now. He didn't cut that out of me, but he cut the desire, the word cut the desire to fornicate. Cut it out of me, I bled out. He put in me what should be in me. Don't let fornication be once named the manga and sold it back up. But it all started with me with a well-made-up mind going to him that I didn't want to do it no more. 
I went to him because in relationship, you realize without him, you can't do it. In religion, religion teaches you, yes, you can. Just stop doing it. No, 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 no. You you may stop for a while, but eventually that thing coming back because them spirits coming back to tempt you. And on that particular day, if you're not walking in the spirit, that thing of raging you so you'll forget the spirit. I'm I'm just honest. I'm just honest preachers. If they tell you the truth, some pastors ask them, why you committed adultery with that woman and you had a beautiful wife? Inside and out. What made you do that? He battled those spirits. And religion had taught him, you can just stop doing this. Don't do it no more. But on that day, he wasn't walking in the spirit. That the spirit of lust came in a big way and battled, battled him to the ground. Tackled him. Next thing he know, that woman who sat on the front row with the short dress on, he was in her face. And they were kee-kee-keeing. He asked her out to breakfast. He asked her out to lunch. While his beautiful inside and out, godly wife, doing ministry, church stuff, to bless the church that he pastored, walking in religion. Relationship will teach you, I promise you, without him, you won't do nothing. You won't wake up. You won't move your hands, you can't walk, you can't talk, you will not have your being. You won't be alive even without him. He wakes us up. Relationship will teach you, unless he draws you, you can't come. Relationship will teach you, you got to trust him with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, you got to acknowledge him. It's him that will direct your path. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. This is what relationship teaches. Religion won't teach you this. Religion would teach you to be prejudiced. Religion would teach you if they're not like you, they're not going back with God when he comes. There's only one way, and we got the way. Religion, no. Do you think God made all of these people, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and before we were saved, before we come to him, we were yet sinners, and he already knew and died for all of us. Do you think he just got two or three people he's going to come back for? He got a whole church of folks because we are the church. Relationship would teach you you're the church. You're You're the advertisement. You're the promotion. Your sign says church. Your sign says Jesus. Your sign says Christ is the head of the church and died for it. Now, that's what you as the church, as the men and women of God, and men and women of God are not just preachers and deacons and evangelists and bishops and apostles. Everyone who have accepted him as Lord and Savior and walking up right before him daily, these are the men and women of God. I don't care if you're usher. I don't care if they just call you out of the random to raise the offering. 
If they call you up to pray the church service out, you're not a preacher, you're not a pastor, you don't even have a, a office title. You are yet men and women of God because we're following him. He's leading and guiding us. Hallelujah. This morning, I want to go and look at, I believe it's Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter. Now, this is one of my favorites, too. I'm sure I had another one. I was going to look at, but this just came to me right quick. This this just came to me right quick. I know the Lord just spoke it in my spirit right quick. I want to look at Ecclesiastes, and it may be the 11th. Uh, let's look at verse 13 and 14. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 and 14. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. It's one of my favorite books, too, C.I. Yeah. I was looking for your 845, but you see how God moved? I like that kind of carrying on. <laughs> he moved quickly. Yeah. So, look, he knew the intent of your heart this morning. He knew you wanted to be here in the beginning. Yeah. So, he blessed you. So, look, Ecclesiastes chapter 12. I want to make sure because y'all know how I roll. And verse 13 and 14 says this. Listen, listen. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Everything about you and your godly relationship is that you fear God and keep his commandments. So how would you fear him and keep his commandments if you're not in his word daily? If you're not remembering him. If you got religion, it won't it it, it it it'll have you somewhere where you don't want to be because you can't uh work. You're too busy fearing God and keeping his commandments in your mind. But when you in relationship He comes to you. He knows you fear him. He comes to you and he talks with you. Because why? In the relationship, you're going to make sure in the morning you have a devotion with him. Some kind of way. Most of us, we do prayer and scripture. But sometimes we just wake up and we talk to him. We don't go in the secret prayer closet, you know, because maybe it's in a closet somewhere. It's in another room in the house. But as soon as we wake up, relationship teaches us, we begin to talk to him. Thank you for another day. And if we don't do that, we, we, we remember him. Some way, somehow during that morning of waking up, of fresh, because we give him the first fruit of our day. We, 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 we got to spend a, a little bit of time with him more than anything else first. Then we'll get to the husband. Then we'll get to the children. We get to breakfast. We get to work. We do this. We do it. Yeah. Fear God and keep his commandment, for this is the whole duty of man. I, I, I also want to go back. We're going to finish down to 14. But listen, I want to go back to this relationship. 
I, I, most everybody been married or had a boyfriend or somebody they were dealing with or something. We consider that many times a relationship. And we let each other know what's going on with each other. We got to just see each other. We got to talk to each other. A day can't go by and I don't talk to Big John. And a day don't go by and I don't talk to Carol. We in a relationship. I care about her. And she care about Big John. And, you know, we, we... we trying to build something, you know, it's not always what God say build, but we think we building on something. So a relationship. I'm gonna call them, I'm gonna text them, I'm gonna email them, you know, I'm 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 gonna let them know what's going on. Relationship we're building. In relationship you should be building. The same thing with God. And look. You can't let Big John just go like that without saying nothing to him a whole week. No, I'm in a relationship with Big John. I care so much for him. I gotta let him. I gotta say something. He in a relationship with me. He care about me. He's gonna say something. A husband and a wife cannot go for days and weeks without speaking to each other. Y'all in the same house, unless you're being led by the devil, you don't let the devil in now. The devil coming, he tearing it up. But godly marriages, this is not the way we behave. We we talk about things, and we don't let the sun go down on our wrath. We don't go to bed angry. Because tomorrow's a new day, and I got to wake up thanking God, and I can't wake up angry. Tell me I'm going to give God something. Plus, I think of this way. So a natural way too. What if I wake up in the morning and, and my husband dead? I went to bed angry with him last night. That is crazy. That's gonna haunt me. I never got closure with that. So we don't let the sun. I'm talking about godly relationships now. I'm not talking about thinking like the world and you acting like the world. Godly relationships. We don't go to bed with angry. If I had a fight with my son, I want to go in there and get it right. I don't want it to the point of where in the morning I wake up, I can't speak to my child because I'm so angry with him or her, my daughter. See, there's a lot of things to consider in relationship. And and if we join in and and build a relationship with him, we can remember these things because we're going to remember what his words say. How you remembering, Barbara? I'm studying his word. I'm in his word. I'm praying. My mind is open only to him, not the TV, not Teddy Pendergrass, Hal Melvin in the blue note. Nope, nope, nope. And when I'm going through these things, when I'm I'm going back to basics, because I got to change from where I've been and go back to God. I got to surround myself with godly things until I get there. And after I get that relationship back on track, I'm still going to surround myself with godly things. Because, see, some people like this, they do God the way they do people. They use us. As soon as he's blessed, they gone. They back finger popping or whatever it is they do. They back out there. They're they not. Focusing on him and how to keep the relationship fresh and how to stay in a relationship. 
Anybody know been with a man and he just didn't know how to handle a relationship? He didn't know how to handle it because that's not really what he wanted. Not with you, at least. Anybody ever been involved, a man, have you been involved with a woman and the relationship didn't work? She didn't really want the relationship. She wouldn't even do what it takes to keep a relationship together. How you going to have a relationship? It takes two to tangle. And we do God the same way. We don't do what it takes to stay in relationship with him. We got to be in relationship with God to get the benefits of God. And the benefits of God is joy, happiness, peace. Pleasing him. Helping others. And the benefit of the relationship goes beyond that, way beyond that. The benefits are so great, my goodness. You can call on him any time he'll pop up. And he, he may not pop up as God. He may pop up as your neighbor. He popped up in this girl's life as her uncle to tell her, hey, God said he got you. And the aunt, because the aunt had to agree with her husband. And the husband had to agree with his wife in order to do these things for the niece. So we're going back to basics. But listen, let's look back at Ecclesiastes 12, 13, and 14 again. He said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. I remember God saying, come, come here. Let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, Barbara, I will wash you as white as snow. Anybody ever read that in the scriptures? Come and let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, I'll wash you as white as snow. Now in Ecclesiastes, he said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Talk to me about everything. Let, let me hear from you, Barbara. What's going on? Well, Lord, I, 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 I came and I battled with him, Lord. I, I, I had a big battle. Lord, I seen John, and when I saw John, I thought of the past John and I have, and it wasn't godly. And Lord, my mind shouldn't have went on those things. It could have went on something else. It could have went on I got to know his mother. It could have went on his sister and I used to have good conversations. But no, it went on the evil. So Lord, I got that going on, and then Lord, I done said some things about people I shouldn't have said. Lord, I done I done judged some people and I shouldn't have judged them. You said don't you said not to judge. And I wasn't judging them according to your word, according to the spirit of God. I was judging them according to my flesh. And you said whatever, you know, measure I judge in is coming back to me. See, it's the conclusion of the whole matter. I'm summing it up with God. I'm ending it with him. Because I got to fear him and keep his commandments. So this is my whole duty. This is all that I'm supposed to do. But in doing that, I got to search some things. In doing that, I got to watch as well as pray. I got to focus. I got to keep a well-made-up mind for God. 14 says, for God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. I can keep doing what I'm doing in religion if I want to. 
But God should bring every work into judgment. If it's not his work, if I did it because uh, I felt like it, if I did it because the church and the pastor expected me out of, you know, expected it out of me, if I did it because it gives me some kind of pleasure, listen, he's going to judge your work. I want to do it because I'm led by you to do it. I want to do it because I'm led by you and I believe it will please you and this is what you can accept. I don't want to do it for self-glory. I don't want to do it so they can pat me on the back and praise me. Oh, you did an awesome job today, Barbara. Oh, you really, now God did it. We tell him thank you. Because we got too many want to be self-glorified. We got too many want people to give us hero points and, and, I mean, hero cookies and brownie points and all this craziness. Yeah. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Go back back about your life. Go back and see where you come from, where you, what you've been through when you first gave your life to Christ. Go back and look at your first work. And come up here to date and sum it all up. See, today you got internet, you got uh, delete, you got comments, you got likes, you got love, you got funny. All the list is in this. You got the computer, you got the tablet, you got your phone, the iPhone, the G. Oh, you got this. Oh, you got so much stuff. Did you use that to glorify God? You know. Uh, uh, is it your personal thing and you want to be updated like everybody else? What's going on? Because you got to declutter. You got to declutter your mind because you got to go back to the basics of just God and his word. Yeah. In other words, it's kind of sort of in a way like going back and doing your first work sober. I don't care how long you've been walking with and you think you've been anyway. I don't care how long you said you know him, I love him, I walk upright before him daily. I don't care how long you think you've done these things. Go back and make your calling and election sure on your knees with almighty God. I hear so much today, and people, I'm telling you, they, they mean what they say. They talking to me about their so-called relationship with God, and just as sure as I'm sitting here, it's their flesh. It's not God. God don't act like that, and then come back. No, oh, oh, oh. but I believe what you tell me because that's what you told me. I'm gonna go with. I'm not gonna believe it, but. I'm going with what you said, and I'm going to treat you according to what you told me, what I know better. This is what the Spirit of the Lord gave me, and I, and it's his word, too, and it just sticks with me. My sheep know my voice, and a stranger they will not follow. Now, what I'm hearing from you, you're not telling me you heard the voice of the Lord. Without, you don't even know this. You're telling me you heard your own voice, but you're going to give it you know, to me, like God gave it to you because I'm a godly person, you feel. And you want me to feel like you got it. 
But the behavior and the talk tell me a totally different thing. And it tells me this. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is destruction. And and many times the Lord said, don't say no more. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Don't say any more. Uh-uh, uh-uh, don't say no more. Because they think they're wise. They think they got it. It's not even what I'm talking about. I shut up and just listen then. Many times I've changed the conversation so that I won't slip up and say something. Because when you spend, when you spent time with God and you're spending time with him, things are going to be different for you. Well, them shut-ins are important. Get away from everything and everybody but God. Get away from food, water, everything but shelter, basically. And that word. You need your Bible. Or your Bibles, because some people study out of more than one. So they can understand. But I under, I really study out of one Bible. King James. Praying. Again, David said, I cried unto the Lord, and the Lord heard my cry. Some things I have to cry unto God to get the understanding. But he brings wisdom, and then he'll show me. Now, I don't tell y'all everything. There are so many more books in the Bible I haven't even tapped into with you. Twelve years, and I haven't been there. <laughs> yeah, because some things are for me. And you, 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 I need you to settle down and get this down, Barbara. Yeah, there are many things, but what he bring here is for us. Whatever he bring here, seven, five days a week, each weekday morning is for us. And he's remember, reminding us to remember. He's reminding us to remember. But we don't want to go back to the old path and take a look around. We want to stay on that path put down foundation and keep building floors. Keep building, I'm on the first floor, now I'm going to build a second. I'm going all the way up to the third. And you didn't complete the foundation on the first floor. And you're walking in religion. You're not walking in relationship. Go to God about everything. Lord, And do I really have a relationship with you? I don't want to go off what I think I feel. Because I'm believing I feel the spirit. I don't want to go off. I think I've got to understand it. I want to know these things. Making your calling and election sure with him. I don't care that you've been out here 30 years. I don't care that you felt God yesterday, Sunday at church. I don't care that you thought he used you last night. Today is a new day. Let's make it fresh with him every morning. Let's make our calling and election sure and fresh with God daily in relationship. In relationship. Good morning, Apostle Boatwright. God bless you. And let's go to him about every little thing. Lord, I broke my fingernail. God, it hurt right there. Let's take it to the Lord. Lord, I hit my toe against the door. It hurt me. Lord, take it to the Lord. The least little thing, we run in the hip. But we're too busy, like John Hagee said, 
We're too busy running to the pastor. We're too busy running to this one. Some of us running to the two-headed people, the palm reader. Anybody that's prophesied and you heard what they said and, and it struck in your spirit and you believe it, that's where you're running. But we better run to Jesus this morning. We better run to the book, all 66 books. We better get to running and stay in there once we get there. Lord, I don't understand this right here, but God, give me wisdom on this. Help me, Lord, that I can walk in what your word says I'm supposed to walk in upright before you daily. You told me to do good. I need your word and I need your strength. I need your spirit to lead and guide me to do good. Lord, help me to yield to your spirit and not to temptation. For yielding to temptation really is sin. I want to look ever to you. It's you that would carry me through. Take me back to the basics. Take me back to the old path. And let me look around and choose this day whom I'm going to serve. Don't let me say, as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. And I haven't even chosen you for today. I chose what they said on the job Friday when I left. I chose what the pastor talked about yesterday in the emergency meeting at church. Now, I want to choose you every day and walk up right before you every day, and I want to keep my mind on you. Teach me these things. I don't want to have a form of godliness in denying the power thereof, and I don't even know it. I'm telling you, I'm seeing too much and I'm hearing too much. And folks, thank God. And look, some people ran to God because of their problem, because of their physical problem. They're not with God because they came to God because they loved him. They came because they found out they were sinners. They asked him to come. In. But now they done went out there and forgot God. They out there on their own. They got what they wanted and boy, they living the best life. But then tragedy hit home. Now they running to God. Oh, they want, they want to get right now. And they still hitting and missing. But we got to go back. And look, I'm telling you, it hurt my feelings many days. Some of the things they tell me, and God done spoke it right here. He done spoke it right here. You was right there and listening. But that part you didn't hear. You only heard the part that pleased your flesh. I say, my goodness, Lord, is it me? Am I not bringing the whole conclusion of what you're telling me to bring here? Am I hitting and missing, Lord? Am I misinformed? Am I walking in my flesh here to bring your word to your people? When daily I ask you to do it, Lord, not me, but you, because I know anything good you do, I didn't do it, you did it. I was a vessel you used, but it was not me. And I cannot take, hey, glory, I cannot take your honor. I cannot take your worship away, your praise away. I, I, I can't have it for myself when I know I didn't do it. I'm honored to serve you. I'm humble to serve you. I'm yours. You use me. And I love being used by you because the way you use me, and when you're done, you're going to reward me for allowing you to use me but I never want it to be me for your people. Lord, you made these people for your pleasure. 
Give them you. Don't ever let me give them me. And he come right in. Because I have to take self-inventory. I have to go back to God and make sure I've done right and I've done what he would have me to do. It's so easy to get sidetracked. And let me tell you something else. People will put you on a pedestal so quick, it will make your head swim. And when you know the thing, you sitting up high. You, you done took the robe from Jesus and now you got the robe on. You done took the king's crown and made it into a queen crown and you 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 reigning in them. But relationship will keep you humble. Every now and then, I say relationship will slap you around a little bit. Get on in that word. Now, why you look at them like that, Barbara? That was a judge movement right there. Repent right here, right now. Right there on the spot. I have to repent. And then the word will come up. Because when you put the word in you, any situation arrives, you can bring the word up. It's like a computer. <laughs> It's like you can type it in. <laughs> Hallelujah. Or, or, or better yet for me, I can push the button, click, and the word will come up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Because it's all about him. I know we want to make it about us. I know we want to do it in a way where we don't look like we wild and out of control and we don't know what we're talking about. I know how you want to do it, and you want to do it with your quiet, dead ministry, and, you know, you want to appear to be civilized. I know all about that. But I got to do it his way. His way is the best way. Because if I'm acting like everybody else, I need to go back and make my calling and election sure with God. If I'm not being led by him, I need to know that he's not leading and guiding me. I'm leading and guiding myself. And where I'm headed for, if I'm leading me, I'm headed to the ditch. One of the deepest ditches you will ever find dug. But if he's leading and guiding me, I cannot be concerned about what folks think about me. And you don't have to go with me. Because I'm making my calling and election sure. I, I know this is God leading me and this is what he wants. If he can tell me, I heard you the first time, I'm giving you a house. If he told me that and he did it, why the other things that he tell me, why wouldn't that be true? Why wouldn't he say back up, Barbara? Why is that not true? It was the same boys. And then he come and show the example. He showed reason why. Back up from this. The devil brought them. And using them. And know what? The, the devil using their mouth. And that's their flesh to make you have pity for them. And, and to make you feel bad for them. They, they're not coming for the right reason, Barbara. They say they love me. But I want you to watch them. Because guess what? This is what God does. He hear what we say, but he look at what we're doing. And people forget that so quickly. God hear what I say, but he's looking at what Barbara's doing. 
and he had tapped me on the shoulder. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He had tapped me on the shoulder and said, Barbara, uh, you said this and this, but that and that. I want you to go back and look at you right over here. Look at that and go back and, and listen to what you said. Yeah. He does all of this for us. Because heaven is a special place. And each one of the believers and the Christians and the saints of God's goal, the men and women of God, each one of our goals are to go back with him when he comes. One of the men yesterday at the prison, he talked about things on earth that God does. And he was sharing some things, and I reminded him, he was sharing about the work. When we go back with him, there will still be work. And he was sharing some things, and I said, well, let me show you this. He said, okay. I said, he said he was bringing down a new heaven and a new earth. There will still be an earth, but it'll be a new. And there will be work in the earth to be done. So he will use, oh, look at here. If you was at that table, boy, look at here. And let me tell y'all something. Ooh, let me tell you something. When God changes you, he changes you. I got to just share this a little bit, and we're getting back to the basics. That's our topic for today. This particular young man, I was seeing him, and each time I went to the prison, and I have a son his age, and he just looked tired, and he looked wore out, and he looked like, I don't know. He wasn't looking good. I can tell you that. He was looking sickly in a way and some other things. And I know the enemy, he was warring. He was warring with the enemy about his freedom and this because he had quite a few years. And, you know, I would encourage him and, you know, other people would give me messages to give to him and I would bring them, you know. I saw him yesterday. When I tell you, look like this man have reverted back in years. When I tell you, he, he almost 50. And when I saw him yesterday, he looked like he was in his 20s. I'm not, he could have been 21 years old. And someone else said the same thing. They said, wow, what happened to you? What you doing? Oh, you looking like a young jet. You know, young jitterbug, they call it. Listen, I've seen his hair cut, but yesterday that cut, I said, well, who cut your hair? He said, oh, one of the guys in here. I said, oh, he cut that thing right. But guess what? The spirit of the Lord is upon him. Do y'all hear me? Not only just in him, but upon him. And and he doesn't let go. He because I told oh my goodness, prayer. I, look here. I saw the evidence yesterday. Matter of fact, he asked me to ask the intercessors to pray for him. And I told him I would. And I want to put this out there to you, intercessors. Pray for Sister Irene. Yeah, she's sick. Y'all pray for her. 
but look. If any man be in Christ, I like this right here. I like going to this. I like going to this. He is a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. I want you to take self-inventory. If you want to get pen and paper, write it down and see what's new about you and what's old. What's new about you and what's old. The new way of God, how often am I walking in that? Or do I forget and revert back to the old Barbara? Uh, You know, my new way of thinking, am I thinking more of the new way or am I thinking more of the old way? Balance it out. Take self-inventory and see what you get. Because we all need to go back to the basics. I've went many places and taught and, and preached and this and that. But look, it comes back to me. It starts with me. God is speaking to me first. After it's all said and done, just like with my pastor, when he gets through preaching, and I'm telling you, I know he's telling the truth, and he, he'll let you know it's in the book. Go on looking now. <laughs> Y'all come on and, 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 and ride with me for a minute. We we riding through the verses here. We riding line by line, precept by precept. I know what he's saying, and it's the truth. It's in the word. But when I get home, I need to go back over this and dissect this thing. I, I, I need to make sure that uh, I'm in check with the word of God. See, we're moving too fast. We we want the T.D. Jake ministry. We want thousands and millions and hundreds and all of this. Uh, we want the book deals. We want the, the, the money pouring in. We, we we want the house on the hill with the dog named Fluffy. We want to ride in the big Bentley, you know, the big Benz. And uh, we want the, 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 the Mercedes SUVs and the Lincolns and all this stuff. But guess what? This this is not about that. He's coming back here one day. And he's not coming back as Lord and Savior, but he's coming back as the great judge. When you stand before him, what will he see? Will he see that you went back to the basics of the word and prayer? Or will he see that you rolled on out with the new wave, new age stuff? Are you clicking? See, because look at it. The day we have remote control everything. On my DVD player, I just click the remote. Change the DVD out. Uh, the remote let me fast forward it. The, the remote let me rewind it. The remote let me stop it. Click, click, push, push. What will God see? Will he see you as a pushable believer or will he see you as the kind that get up and turn the channel on the TV? Will he see you as the kind that go in the kitchen and cook it from scratch and not out the box? Because you can, you can have anything now from a box. You can cook lasagna from the box, macaroni and cheese from the box. You ain't got to make no homemade pasta, none of that. So are we going back to the old path? And take a look around and choose this day whom you're going to serve. Lord, is your way too hard? I'm going to have to let go. Go on and tell him because you're showing him without opening your mouth. See, our actions tell God more about us 
than anything, than our words. Let me put it that way. We say a lot of stuff. We say a lot of stuff. And God is looking at what we're saying, but he's watching what we're doing. See, look here. I could tell Big Jim all day long, baby, I love you. I just love you. Hug me, hold me, because I love you so much. But when Big Jim look at me and what I've done for him, all Big Jim says he bought me roses, he bought me chocolates, he come see me, I never go see him. Every time he try to get close to me, I'm not feeling well. Big Jim, if he's smart, Big Jim go say, oh no, sister, you don't love me. You might love them roses and chocolates and me massaging your feet and, and massaging your back and, and then you put me out of here. But you don't love me, honey. Love is what love does. And we can tell God all day long we love him, but he's looking at your actions. Well, how do you love? Now, how are you showing the love? Because you put a few scriptures somewhere because you said something over here. Barbara, because you answered the phone all day. You think that's not, Barbara, because you took a few people to the grocery store, to the medical appointment. Barbara, because you helped the old older lady up the steps. Barbara, because some people out your path, you go and, you know, try to encourage them. You think they're showing me love, Barbara? I'm going to show you what real love is when you obey my word. That's real love, obedience. That every waking moment that you can, Barbara, that show me you for me. When you hear people talking bad about me and you get the opportunity to step in there, you say something good. Now, if they want to fight about it, you walk away because it is what it is. The word is the truth. And no matter who believe it and who don't, it is yet the truth. I've said what I meant, Barbara, and I meant what I said. God is faithful. If we love him, let's keep his commandments. If we love him, we ain't going to make no excuses for the human behavior. I don't want to make no excuses for my behavior. Girl, I did that. Child, you know I'm human too. No, I did that because the flesh got weak and I fell into temptation. I forgot God for the moment. That's all. I'm going to be honest with mine. Yeah. Sometimes they, it's like the enemy, what he does. I, I just believe he knows. He knows when that flesh is weak because, see, he's been watching you. You get up in the morning, you're in spirits, and you're praying and singing, and you got your scripture for the day, and you just got the day going and everything. And, and he know that flesh is weak. All of a sudden, you hear something or you see something, and it brings that flesh to its knees. And that flesh long for it and start wanting for it and look like, boy, you just can't turn it loose. Everywhere you look, it's there. The TV talking about it. You got in your car and you said, well, I'm going to just listen to the radio. The radio talking about it. You, you click your own CD that you got in the CD player, and the song start playing about what you're going through. 
the devil come in, he's going to bring you to temptation. You're already tempted. You, you kind of balance, you know, a little bit. And then all of a sudden, you just get tired of battling, and the devil just come on in there. Next thing you know, you find yourself where you shouldn't be, where you don't want to be. Yeah. But if we keep our mind on God, we stay in his word, we remember what it said, we put that whole arm of God on, and we stand against the wiles of the devil, because as soon as the devil sees your flesh weak, he's coming in there, and he's going to bring it more to you. Yeah, I had something that happened last week, and I said, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, uh, this right here, I'm going to go on and do this because it just won't go away for the moment. I battled and battled. I believe it's for me. I'm going to go on and, and do this right here, and I went on and did it, and I saw some things in there. As soon as it was over with, it went away. And let me tell you, it was like 200 pounds lifted up off of me. Because certain things, if you want to do it and you don't do it, you may as well do it because you done lust after it. You done did it in your heart. And remember, God knows the very intent of your heart. To understand all of these things, you got to be in the word of God. You got to allow his spirit to lead and guide you and to teach you. He's a teacher. He'll remind you of things. Uh, he'll lead and guide you. He'll tell you what to say, what not to say, when to say it, and when not to say it. Oh, he's, he, he's everything. Because now your life is hid in the spirit of God. You gave up. You gave your life up to God. I gave my will and everything to him. Yet he yet allowed me to make choices. I still can make my own choices. Although I gave my will to him, Lord, use it. Because if you use my will, the will of what I want to do, you're going to use it for the good. But he don't, he don't just take over. He yet allowed me to have choices. Hallelujah. I think I saw Brother Jermaine this morning. Did you run away? Oh, he left, he left, he left. But I know I saw him. Good morning to you, Sister Stenna, and good morning to you, Brother Anthony, Sister Simore this morning, Sister Rita in the house. God bless you, Sister Rita. Good morning to you, Rose Brown. I see you hanging on in there. I got to come your way, Rose, and bring that bag to you. I, I didn't forget you, but um, maybe I'll get it done today because I got to run out anyway. So I'm going to bring that body, and I'll call you when I'm on my way. Good morning to you, Sister Irene. And good morning to you, Sister Dorothy Goodman. God bless you today. I don't know if Sister Jerry has some work to do today uh, for Calvin or if she had a medical appointment. I think she had some work to do for Calvin today, her son. But nonetheless, we uh, keep her and him lifted in prayer. That's, that's another one on the prayer list. Please, please keep her lifted in prayer. Yeah. Ooh-wee. But anyway, God is faithful. God is faithful. And I said, ooh, we, because of what I just saw. But anyway, he's faithful. He's on our side. He's for us. And he wants us to be faithful unto him. And he wants us to be on his side. He wants us to be obedient unto his word. Because guess what the word is going to do? Keep us safe. 
I know many of us fight against it, but the word has kept me safe all of these. I don't have AIDS today because of the word of God. I I don't have COVID today because of the word of God. I've been out in some places. I done been in some crowds. Never was vaccinated, never even tested since 2020. The word of God keeps us safe. But in order to know this, we got to get in it to use it to keep us safe. The work that you do unto him from a sincere heart is unto him. It's not so you can get recognition. All of that will keep you safe. He brought his word to heal us. He brings his word so that we can be free and know who set us free. And know we can trust his freedom. Can't trust the freedom of everybody. Mm-mm. Tell me, you're going to be free over here. And when you get over there, you're in bondage. Anybody ever had to go stay with somebody? And they told you, treat this house like it's your house from when your GND wasn't long before they asked you up out of there or said something that hurt your feelings. Uh, Hallelujah. Yes, sir. That's it right there, Brother Abbott. His grace and his mercy is what brought me through as well. Yeah, it did it for all of us. But look, folks will say one thing and they mean another. Folks will say one thing and they'll do another. But God is the same. He was that way yesterday. He's that way today. And he will be that way forevermore. But he's looking for some willing soldiers this morning. He's looking for those that's going to go back to the old path, look around and choose him. He's looking for those that's willing daily as often as remember to go back to the basic of him and his word. Those two things, God and his word. Because see, when I go to God, it's in prayer. So prayer and his word and obedience unto him. It will bless your life. I don't play no games. I don't I don't come out and go out and do stuff and all of this for foolishness. Because I'm trying to build my own empire. I want folks to follow. No, no, no. If I invite you, God got have something for you here. Yeah, God got something for you. Other people tell other people because they've been blessed here. I looked at the podcast and someone said on there, they said, uh, now, if you're looking for the truth, you're in the right place. But if you're looking for a watered-down word and da-da-da-da-da, she's not, you know, who you're looking for. And I thank God for that because it's wrong over here. We And I'm not all into those books. And uh, Did you read the book that uh, Paul went through? No, I didn't read that one. But I read Romans. I believe Apostle Paul has something to do with that. I'm not, don't don't take me wrong. I have two books on Amazon. I'm not against reading nobody's books. I'm not against reading. I love it. But what I'm saying is those 66 are more important than anybody else's book. You're trying to go over there and read their book. I need you to get in them 66 first, and maybe you'll better understand what's in that other book, and then you'll know if what's in that book, whether it should be in there or not. Or we just jump off the cliff, <laughs> head first down into the water. Can't swim or nothing. 
and tell me I don't read something. You, 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 you didn't pray and ask God for wisdom of his word. That word will carry you where a uh, Paul book won't carry. I tell my apostle Paul, I tell my Paul uh, uh, Hickam or Bacham or whatever his name is, book, you, you know. I want the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And I want to live it unto God. I want to do what's right unto him. Yeah, God is faithful. You've never met a more faithfulness in your life than Almighty God. Yesterday, uh, we was talking about uh, how, you know, many don't have in prison, you know, you done did wrong, you're there, you're sentenced. You can't get out. You can't do nothing for yourself. All they don't do for you, you won't get. So he was talking about um, feeling some kind of way when, you know, your family is not there for you and they don't do nothing for you. Every blue moon, you might get a letter. And, you know, maybe near your birthday, sometime every five years, because some of these boys got some time on their hand, okay? Every five years, you might get a a money order from somebody, you know, somebody cash app, not cash app, JPay, you $25 because it's coming up to your birthday. Or they may just, you know, send you $10. And guess what? In prison today, $10 ain't nothing. I, I, I'm just here to tell you the truth. It's, it's, uh-uh, it's not what you, $3 in prison, boy, you can buy the whole canteen. <laughs> but today, uh-uh, $3. Are you kidding me? That's for one item. So we was talking about that. And I reminded him, I said, well, let me tell you this. When we uh, walking in God, we remember this. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He will be with us until the end. He threw his hands up right there. He threw his hands up. And went to praising God right there. Went to praising God. Why? He was reminding. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you today. Hey, Lord, we thank you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. When nobody is there, God is there. And I could see it. This is playing on his face. I saw him look back and see God was always there for him. He began to testify. He said, listen, when I wasn't following God, he was following me. (laughs) He was right there the whole time. The day I hit the prison, he was right there. The day they assigned me to a dorm, they assigned me to prison uniform, God was right there. You can feel it. You can feel the presence. You can feel it. He meant that thing. Because sometimes on this journey, we will go back, not to basics, but back to the flesh, back to the world. We don't even know it because we forget. The songwriter wrote the song and it says it's nothing good (laughs) that I've done. Lord, you gave your only son. I'm not worthy of the scars in his hands. 
roll back the curtain of them which now was dead. Early morning, boys. <clears throat> Show me where you brought me from and where I could have been. Remember, I'm human and humans forget. Just remind me, oh, remind me, dear Lord. Anybody ever heard that? We need to be reminded. And God will remind us. But we need to set up uh, an alarm on our phone so we can be reminded. I used to set up 12 noon prayer. Because 12 o'clock, some days I would be busy and I forget the noonday prayer. So I set it up and the alarm go off 12 o'clock, I'm in prayer. Uh, until it becomes a habit. And once this thing becomes a habit, you can't, if you don't do it, you know it. If you, oh, 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 it's 11.59, I don't care where you are, you're going to drop your head or in your spirit, you're just going to begin to pray. Because you got to have that. You become accustomed to it. <laughs> It become a part of you. The word studying has become a part. Praying has become a part of you. And you're not just praying for stuff and things. And you're not just praying for you and your family. But you got a prayer list. Huh? Lord, touch and heal Irene in the name of Jesus. Give her total healing. From the crown of her head to the sole of her feet in the name of Jesus. God remember Sister Jerry this morning. Touch and heal her body. Touch and heal Calvin. From the crown of their heads, God, to the sole of their feet. Lord, we ask that you would send your spirit to walk through a house. Whatever's there that shouldn't be. Whatever's there that's not of you. Father, we ask that you would remove it right now in the name of Jesus. Rebuke that devourer over there for your sake. Father, he came to Jerry to kill, steal, and destroy. God, he came to completely snatch a mind. And to take her back to win. Father, do it for her today. Fix it all over there in the precious name of Jesus. Oh, we thank you this morning. We thank you. And Father, those that are incarcerated, those that I even spoke with on yesterday, the brother from Miami, God. Ah, Lord, move this more. Hey, glory. In the name of Jesus. Lord, you've done great things for these men, great things. They're following you to the letter, the very best that they can. And Lord, it reflects in their lives. And Lord, I know that you're turning their key very soon, even sooner than they think to set them free. For the harvest is plenteous. Hey, thank you. But the laborers are few. Oh. We ask this morning, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would send more laborers to the vineyard. But Father, remember what you call each of us to do. And a young man from Jacksonville and a young man from Miami, what you call them to, God. Stir up your gifts in them. Use them in your service to bless your people. Oh, we thank you this morning. Hallelujah. And Father, anyone here that's sick today, God, I ask that you would heal from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. Lord, the biggest healing we ask for this morning is that you would heal our broken hearts. Father, fix in us what needs to be fixed. Fix our mind, heal this morning. Lord, we ask that you would remove what shouldn't be in there from the root 
that God it will never come back because there's nothing left to grow on. Give us your word. Lord, speak to our hearts and minds. Let us hear and give us a spirit of obedience like never before. In the name of Jesus, bless every caller this morning, every listener, oh God, every one of their family members, near and far, moved by your spirit for these your people today. Father, they come faithfully each morning. And Lord, I bring men before you. I bring children before you. I bring women before you. Father, the enemy is after all of us. The enemy is after all. It won't destroy men completely. It has taken men out of their homes. It has made men bow down that they can't stand up in their authority that you gave to them, that you called them to. Help today, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask that you would send your protecting angels Put a hedge of protection around children near and far, God, that they will be protected in the name of Jesus. The enemy is after children. It's gone on for a long time, Lord. Parents didn't protect the children. Many of us didn't know that these kind of people existed. We trusted them with our children. But, God, we know you're a healer. We know you're a make right, God. Hallelujah. Father, make it right in the name of Jesus. And, Father, for every woman, strengthen today and help today, oh, God. God, remind her of her place in you. You never called a woman to be the head. But, God, many of us took the position because the man wouldn't. He was stripped. But help today, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, give women a heart of flesh. Continue, continue. We're mothers. Ah, uh, yeah. Do it for us today. And Lord, those that think they have the spirit of a man and God, they want to be a man, give them a heart of flesh and let it show that you made them mothers. They were born with certain parts of bodies that produce children. And, Lord, you know, you know how to work it out for these, your people. You made the good, you made the bad, and you made the ugly. And not that these people are ugly, but, God, you made us all for your pleasure. Move for them today in a mighty way in the name of Jesus. Help right now, oh, God. Help right now. Some are struggling not to be what the world say they should be. Some of them don't even know that it's against you. They don't know, Father, but help today. Bring wisdom their way in the name of Jesus. Move this morning. Bless widows and bereaved families, intercessory prayer people, those that are in every branch of the military and administration of our military, our brothers and sisters overseas, God. Move by your spirit. Bless Israel and prosper Jerusalem. Father, bless preachers everywhere, preaching in the name of Jesus and obedience unto you and love for your people. Continue to bless America and the leadership of America. Have mercy today, O oh God. Lord, fix our leadership hard and regulate their minds in you today. 
in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this segment of Jesus in the morning. Thank you for moving here today. Have your way, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we ask it in Jesus' name. Woo. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Yeah, God got the power. He can burn up anything that's not like him. He can burn up thoughts in folks' minds. Yeah, he can do all of that. He can burn things out of your heart, but he preferred to let the word in and cut it out, yeah, because he cuts it out from the root. And back again today, I want to say, anything that can't get a root to it to grow, it won't grow. But if it's got some root left in there, it can start over again. I've I've taken a potato and just set it in a jar of water and let part of the potato be up at the top of the jar. The bottom of the potato that was left in the water, it began to sprout and grow. (laughs) But if you remove the potato from the water, you'll see some buds on it and everything, but it's not going to grow because it's not getting sunlight, it's not getting water, it's not getting what it needs to grow. So when God cut these things out of us and he take it out from the root, there's nothing left. It can't come back. That cussing cannot come back. He took that out and he got the root of that dirty cussing out of me. I can get so angry and a cuss word never crossed my mind. When I see that, some days I'm amazed. And I can't help but tell God, thank you. Then I let the anger go. I can't be angry. Look what God did for me. Because I remember when. See, we watch as well as pray. I remember when, when I would get angry, I would talk so, oh my, you ain't been cussed out because I didn't cuss you out. God removed it. He took it from me. Yeah, he took that dirty demon out of me, and I wanted it to go. Ooh, that thing was ugly. Oh, y'all hear some choice words. Ooh, but that thing was so ugly. And looked like it would create words like you never heard before. Oh, boy, it was just ugly. But God delivered me. Yeah, and I'm thankful. Ooh, I'm thankful for that. Because I wanted to get rid of that dirty cussing. I didn't find out until later on. He said to put that filthy communication out of your mouth. And do you know some people cuss and they don't even know they cussing? That amazes me. That amazes me. I remember I, I would hit and my eyes would get And it would be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I'd be like, no, 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 it's okay. My eyes raised and are stretched or raised like that because you told me you was a Christian. I'm looking for you to know these things. I'm looking for you to know bad words are not good words. I'm looking for you to know you don't cuss every other word because your heart been clean. When you went to the altar, you asked them, you know, to clean your heart and to forgive you. But you... you not judging. It it is what it is. Yeah, Christians cussing like that. I said something to one of my cousins about it. She cut me off. 
And I love her daughter. Oh, the prettiest little fat little girl you have. She stopped speaking to me. Because I, I simply said, well, how y'all go to church every Sunday, but you're doing all this cussing? You're on Facebook, God this, God that, but you're still cussing. And I, I, I be confused a lot of times because you say you're a Christian, you say you're a believer, but you put all this stuff out there on Facebook that's not godly. I got relatives and, 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 and a few friends that now they're not godly. So when I see what they put out there, I delete it immediately because I know uh, they don't care. You know, and and then I know some of them don't think it's nothing wrong with it. You know, this this being a uh, witty, witty. You're letting the devil use you. That's what you're doing, and putting it out for the world to see. That's crazy. But they don't know that. They don't know that. Yeah. Oh, but it's all right today in Jesus' name. Listen, the studio is open. If there's anyone have something they would like to say this morning, please feel free to press that number one and come in. I know I thought that Jermaine. He may have to go to work. I wanted him to say something this morning in that California accent. <laughs> he may have had to go to work, but I know I saw him over there. All right, brother D. All right, now check in time every now and then. Let me see that number, Brother D. And look, I think uh, Saturday or yesterday was Brother Frank's birthday. And guess what I got? And I'm going to do it. I'm going to ship his box. So I'm going to call him today and let him know, Brother Frank, I need you to be watching the mail for your box. Because he wanted the sweet potatoes and the large lima. And uh, Sion uh, uh, gave me, blessed me with a little... Uh, shipping money. And I got a nice dirty box. So I'm going to fill his uh, box up today. He'll get the, uh, I get the other, I'm sending him a half a dozen of sweet potatoes. So that's six nice ones. And are they beautiful colors. So I had to wait to get some good ones. I didn't want to just send him that garbage I found. So I'm finding them today. I have those and pack that box and seal it up put his address on it, and there it go. Yeah, and that's going to be his graduation. And I don't know, I might drop something else in there uh, that I know he likes, and uh, that'll be his birthday gift too. Yeah. So it was either yesterday, or Saturday or yesterday, one of the two was his birthday. Yeah. So I got him, I got him, I got him. And it's all right. But listen, we're going to uh, one more song of the morning, and uh, when we come back, um, if you got a request or it's something you want to say, please feel free to press that number one and come in today. Let's go with this one. I love this song. I listened to it yesterday. Oh, it just made my day. I asked the guys if they had heard it. They said, yeah, we heard it already. I said, well, oh, we love it. We love it. Yeah. So let's take a listen. I'm living proof 
of what the mercy of God can If you knew me then, you'd believe me now. He turned my whole life upside down. Took the old hand he made That's just what the mercy of God can do. Now I'm alive to tell the story how I've overcome goodness and mercy and the power of his blood. I'm so glad that my freedom wasn't based on what I've done. Goodness and mercy and the power of the blood. So much power in the blood.
the power of the blood. Just a radio. This is Jesus in the morning radio. Spreading the good news of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, Elevation Church, Maverick City, and uh, Mercy. Oh, yeah. I love that song. I, I got another one I listened to yesterday. Uh, I think this is by Bill Gaither. And uh, I got to find it. I got to listen to the song and ask Siri where I can find it at. And a beautiful, beautiful song. All right, Brother Anthony, I'm coming at you right now. Good morning, sir. God bless you. How are you? 
Bless and favor. Good morning, Miss Barbara. Good morning, everybody out there listening this morning. Just thank God. First of all, for a life ever screen, keeping my right mind. I thank you for allowing me to see another day. Thank you for the activity in my limb. I thank you for who he is in me, what he's doing in me, where he brought me from, where he's taking me at. And I just thank God for this ministry. And thank God for you, Miss Barbara, for, you know, sacrificing your time to come uh, help another brother and sister in Christ to come to know God. And I just thank God for that. Thank God for you and everybody that tuned in. God bless everybody. And, you know, I just had to say something, you know, that is, uh, uh, oh, I guess to say the, the enemy is trying to attack me and don't want me to tune in, I guess. Well, nevertheless, you know, I'm going to tune in. I can't stay away from you, Ms. Barber, because you like family. So, you know, even though he might try to, you know, distract me and, you know, have me feel some type of way, and it ain't going to be too long before I come back. You know, I got to hear that voice somewhere, somehow. So, you know, I just thank God for that, and just thank God for him just continue to draw me closer to him. You know, I pray that, pray and ask God to, you know, continue to draw me closer to him, you know, despite of what I may be going through, to continue to give me strength that I can hold on. So, you know, I just thank God because he ain't had to – me to him, you know, he could have leave me out there in the world, but he, he loved me enough to, you know, to, to draw and guide me to him and place people in my life like you, Miss Barbara, Brother Frank, and different ones, you know, different ministries to, you know, encourage me and, you know, keep hold me accountable. So I just yeah. thank God for that, and, uh, you know, I just give him all the glory around and the praise, and, you know, I'm, I ain't hit that more. It might be a while before I hit that more, but I'm yet striving to get there, so I just thank God, and I just want to say good morning to everybody, and y'all have a blessed day, and a blessed rest of the week if y'all hear from me, but I plan to tune in more than I have been, you know, get back on track, so I just thank God for that, amen. Amen, amen, and just know this, keep, keep striving, that's all you got to do, keep striving, yeah, because he come to kill still. And destroy, you see. And if he can, that's what he'll do. That's exactly what he will do. So what you want to do is just keep moving in the direction of Jesus. I can't tell you it's always easy. I can't tell you that you don't fall short sometimes. But when you find yourself, get back up, get back in the race, and keep running some more. Yeah. Because he's never leaving us, not forsaking us. And if we'll yell out to him when we feel like we're going through it or we fall it, if we'll yell out to him, guess what? He's going to come right there. And he'll battle for yeah. us. He, he has fought for me. Yeah. I, I, I just couldn't do it at that moment. I was devastated. And at that moment, I couldn't do it. But he come right in there and did it for me. And then I was able to catch it and run on with it on my own. You know, he gave me the strength to go a little bit further. Yeah.
yeah, it's been a blessing to get back, catching up in the archives, and uh, hear your voice. You're like a member of the family right now, so you know, God bless you. I'm doing okay. I do have a prayer request, though. Okay. Yeah. Um. Basically, the short version is I know we short on time, but I had a uh, I have volunteered for a, uh, a in-law to kind of manage their property out here in California. And uh, it was working out okay until the tenants moved out about, about six weeks ago. The issue is here, and I was acting landlord on paper, but I had no access to the actual fund. And now they want their money back, and it seems hard to find people to give them their money back. So I've been threatened with court, and it seems like the uh, young lady who was renting, her and her family, they seem a little bit money hungry. They said they don't receive it by such and such date. They're just going to go ahead and go to court and try and sue for double. Because in California, that's what the law is. If you don't return it within 21 days, they, they can uh, go to court. and Usually they'll have you give it back, but they, they want damages. And uh, they're ignoring the fact that they, you know, they had some red flags in there. They, they was smoking a lot of weed and stole a couple of appliances. I, I thought that uh, I was doing the right thing, helping a family out, but come to find out that that's not the case. And again, business was like, you know who your real friends are. We're not friends with the coworkers. I'm just trying to do what's right because I'm kind of caught in the middle because it seems like they want money on their side and the people who have the, the uh, deposit don't want to get it back because they don't feel like it was fair. Some appliances were stolen, but my name is on the paper. I've just been praying. I think I have about a 24-hour deadline to kind of see this thing through. But just like I called before over years, you know, I like to have it documented because I've seen God answer too many times to, to kind of lose faith. I was out of a job, sent me out there, gave me more money than I ever had at the time. You know, it took care of me in so many different ways, fast track, you know, the result thing. On fast track out here, I got to this show, so I just want to put it out there for people to pray and just okay. uh, believe them for an answer. See, see him act again and come back and glorify and answer prayer. Yeah, he's the same God. He's gonna answer to him. Arthur Butler. Yeah, why would he do this? He's that same God, bro, Anthony, and he's going to answer again. What we got to do is just stay focused on His Word and. And believe that God is going to turn it around. Because if you wasn't over the money and it's not your property, you simply was the manager, then they should get in touch with the owners. And if they take anybody to court, they should take the owners because you had no control over the finances. But I understand what you're talking about. And we're going to pray about that. And I know God is going to... uh, you know, bring you out. You, you'll be okay. He's going to bring you out of this. But also, it's lessons in there. You got to be careful who you trust, even in family, even in family. Yeah. Because a lot of times, family, you know, it's like they love us, but if anything pop off, we, we out here holding the bag alone, you know. But, uh, and then if they don't want to give it back, I can understand that too, Brother Anthony. Stuff was stolen. You don't smoke this stuff in here, and that stuff is in the walls, even in the, you know, whatever. If I left blinds up, you know, all of that is in here. 
and and that's got to be cleaned out. And if you gave a deposit, I'm not cleaning it. I got to get somebody to clean it. So, you know, I understand, you know, some things here, but we're going to pray. And I know that God is going to move on your behalf and uh, it would be all right. And easily, God is a last minute God even. You know, I, I needed him at before 12, he didn't come to 11.57, 11.58, but before 12, he was there. Yeah, and that's what I needed him to be. I needed him to be there by 12, and it's all right today. God bless you. God bless you. Yeah, and I want to hear that California accent. I said that he done ran, and I was looking to hear that California <laughs> accent, and he done run out of here. I saw you last week. I think it was Friday. I saw the area code, and I said, look at Brother Jermaine. He in here. Because I told him about you going to the archive that got through all of them, and there was no more. I was on vacation, Brother Jermaine. Yeah, and I truly enjoyed it. I truly enjoyed it. I'm going back again. I plan in October because I want to go to Alabama this time. Yeah. It, 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 it get the real vacation in you. Yeah, away from home. Hallelujah. Is there anyone else have a request? And while we pray, we go. Oh, Brother Lewis said, "Hey, Brother Anthony and Brother Jermaine." So um, we're gonna pray for Brother Anthony while we're in there. We'll pray for Jermaine, uh, Brother Jermaine as well. Anybody else have a request? All right. If not, we will pray, and uh, we'll pray out, and we pray the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. For another episode of Jesus in the Morning. Hallelujah. So we're going to pray and go to the last song of the morning. And after the last song, I won't be coming back today. God bless you. God bless you. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we bring Brother Anthony and we bring Brother Jermaine before you today. And Father, you know what these men stand in the need of. And God, they're striving for perfection in you. Brother Anthony wants more of you, and God, he want to walk up right before you and be your man. So do it for him today. In the name of Jesus, bless his children, God, or touch and heal, fix today. Whatever they stand in the need of, Father, move by your spirit in the name of Jesus. And Brother Jermaine, God, you know what happened. You see what happened. And God, he's a man of God, and he was trying to do what he thought was right to bless a family. And, Lord, is trying to turn against him. But, Father, you know what's best for him today. The earth is yours, the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. So, Father, we believe you to have the last word on this, and that it's going to work together for his good. Bless his family. Bless his friends, God. Today, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We give you glory. We give you the honor and praise. And, Father, as we depart this morning, bless our going out each of us, O oh God, and bless our coming in. And, Lord, meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory by your Son, Christ Jesus. Father, we need more of you. We need to study more of your word. We need to stay in contact with you more in prayer, O oh God. Our move today in us to be a people of obedience. In the name of Jesus, we ask it all. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent, one from another, in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings 
of Almighty God upon you today, July the 25th, 2022, in Jesus' name. So we go into this one right quick, and um, after this song, I won't be coming back. We're going to do a little upbeat going out this morning. Oh, I, I hit it, but I didn't hit it. Little small house, big family Seven kids and I'm the baby But I'm grown now And I'm like, praise the Lord Cause everything I've been praying for Is finally knocking on my door And it's so, so loud And I'm gonna take it Mm-hmm. 